0: Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message.
1: All right, here we go. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. I'm just going to keep saying it until I get a thumbs up from everybody. Good Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Oh, there it is, there it is. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm not sure whether our stream is up and live or not, but if not, we'll stream you back at 11 o'clock. So join us then. But uh, either way, we're super excited for this morning and this time of worship. Good morning. Good to see you. Super excited for this morning and this time of worship. I'm gonna pray for us to get going, and uh, and I want to invite you during that prayer to just kind of just still your heart, just just settle. Father, I pray for a spirit of peace. I pray that spirit of peace would just wash over this space, God. God, I pray for everybody who will gather together now or gather online or those who will watch it later. God, I pray that during this hour, you would just fill this space and this time. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. I pray, God, that that it would uh, indeed just... Just Father, just, just settle us, Lord. God, would you meet us in a space wherever we're at, God? Whether we're uh, whether we're gathered in a sanctuary, sanctuary, whether we're sitting in our car watching a stream online, or whether we're you know behind a computer screen later on, God, would you just would you meet us in that space, God? And Lord, as you meet us in that space, would you just allow us to know that we're before you in your presence, God? Lord, we worship you. We honor you. We thank you. We love you. Do something great here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This morning, we have the opportunity to hear from Pastor Crawford, who has a great message that's launching us into a new series that moves our hearts towards thankfulness, gratitude, as we enter into this Thanksgiving season. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Just use this time leading into the message to just say, God, would you would you speak to my heart? No, don't just receive my song, God, but speak to my heart. Cultivate within me a spirit of thankfulness and gratitude that together we might indeed embody the church, the body of believers that communicates the fullness of the gospel in all that we say and we do. Friends, we recognize that this season is growing more difficult. We know that tomorrow the city of Philadelphia is going to make some announcements that are going to impact some of the uh, things that we enjoy doing. But we're believing, believing in the power of Jesus Christ, that he is the answer and will indeed eradicate this virus. Whatever we need to do from now until then to see that come to be, Lord, give us the ability, the strength, and the desire to love our neighbor well. So from behind the Mass today, we'll sit in a sanctuary and we'll sing. And we'll listen. And we'll lean our hearts toward the Father. Friends, would you stand to your feet and join us in worship? Oh, amen, amen. You may have a seat. Oh, God, you are the one who has overcome. Matter of fact, while we're, while we're just kind of in that moment of having sung that song, like, Let's just pause for a moment and reflect on some of the things that God has overcome in our life. Some of the ways that God has come through for you. If your story is anything like mine, there were plenty of times when you were staring at a mountain and you had no idea how you would transcend it. God overcame. And look together, just globally, we're staring at a mountain that we have no idea how to overcome. We know the one who does. We know the one who does. So together, can we can we just say, yes, God, you have overcome? Yes, God, you have overcome. You've overcome the, the brokenness in my in my personal story. You've overcome the brokenness in the world around us. You've overcome the things that we just can't figure out. God, if you can conquer sin, if you can conquer death, if you can conquer the grave, you can conquer whatever we face tomorrow. So we'll continue with a spirit of thankfulness to recognize you as the great overcomer, to recognize you as the one who says, I will see you through. have your way. And Lord, in this moment, while we're paused, we just, we recognize that there are times that the thing that holds you back from overcoming the obstacles of our life is not you, it's us. And so, Lord, we take this time to silently just confess our heart to you. We take this time to confess the things that we've been harboring within us. We take this time to confess our own desires to control outcomes. We confess seasons of fear. Sin. Jesus, renew our hearts. Recapture our minds. Remind us that we're children of God, like we were singing about. Remind us of all that you've done and what you are still doing. Release those who are addicted. Free those who are oppressed. Give voice to those who have been muted. Give strength to those who feel powerless. Give hope to those who are in a a season of hopelessness. Give health to those who are burdened with infirmity. God, have your way. The miraculous, holy, healing nature of God be present. Then your church can cry out vibrantly. Then your church can sing boldly. Then your church can declare with conviction. Then your church can speak to mountains and call them to move. God, have your way. Almighty God, we know that only you can. So we pray these things, believing in the power of Jesus Christ church together said amen. Once again I want to welcome everybody who's with us in person and those who have joined us online. We pray that this time is just a time that's encouraging and a time that just uh, allows you to be centered on the Lord. I want to give you a couple of quick announcements that'll help set you up for the next couple of days going forward as we prepare for Pastor Crawford to preach this morning. Uh, A couple of days you're going to want to remember, Tuesday, the 24th of November. That's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Tuesday, the 24th of November, we will have a 7 uh, p.m. pre-Thanksgiving service. It'll happen at our sister campus down at 5245 Ridge Ave., which is at Wissahickon Church. And uh, we'll be gathered together down there for a time of pre-Thanksgiving celebration. So that'll be an in-person service. You're going to want to come and join us. It will be restricted. There will be limited seating, but we will social distance everybody and we'll wear masks and we'll do all that we're able to do in that space. So please join us for that pre-Thanksgiving service on Tuesday, the 24th at 7 p.m. In addition to that, the following Saturday, the following Sunday, that following Sunday, we will have a Sunday evening service that'll be uh, prayer and, and, and worship. That's it, prayer and worship. There'll be no preached word, just prayer and praise that night. Um, and that will be at 6 p.m. And that'll be, again, down at Wissahickon Church. And so that Tuesday and that Saturday, by the way, that Tuesday, Pastor Crawford's preaching. That's uh, going to be a special time. He'll be preaching the pre-Thanksgiving service. And then, uh, and then that, that Sunday night, um, we'll have a joint worship service. There'll be three small congregations gathering together, and we'll be gathering together for the purpose of singing and praying together. And so you'll want to join us for both of those. That'll be a great time. Um, in addition to that, just know that we are online and available in any way that we can, c- can connect with you. Uh, we have Bible studies online. We have small groups that are meeting in person and online. And uh, we have a church check-in that happens every Tuesday night. And so you can go to our website, roxboroughchurchorg backslash small-groups, and you can find out all that information of how you can be a part of that and join in with us. We'd love to see you this Tuesday night, (coughs) Sabrina, this Tuesday night on the Zoom, this Tuesday night on the Zoom uh, for the church check-in. Just let us know how you're doing. It doesn't take long. We just stay on for a few minutes. We let each other know how we're doing, how we can pray for one another, and it's just a great way for the body to stay connected even in times when we can't all be in the same space. So with those things, that's the announcements for today. Um, let's go ahead and pray as we prepare for the word to be preached. Father God, we pray over Pastor Crawford, who come forward to preach the word now. Lord, we ask that you would bless him. We pray, Father God, that you would fill him with all that he needs as he preaches about enough being enough. We've had enough of all the other things we've run to. God, we're running to you. Spirit of gratitude, thanksgiving, that's what we're moving towards during this season. Lord, would you bless this man of God and bless the words he's going to speak. And anything that's not of you, might we forget it. And everything that is of you, might it be written on the... the, uh, Might be written boldly on our hearts. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. Good. Good morning out there, all those who are out there. So, we're getting ready to open up a series called Enough is Enough. And today, we're going to talk about practicing gratitude in Christ. Now, people get tired. Of their jobs and when they get tired of their job a lot of them want to quit some of them just leave without having another job that was my brother he, he was good at that but he was able to get another job I was amazed how he was able to do that but he was but people quit their jobs why because they get fed up about something they tell themselves enough is enough And then when we look at relationships, and we all know of people who have left relationships. Why? Because they have gotten fed up with the person that they're with. They didn't want to deal with them anymore. And so they said enough is enough, and they got tired of trying to work things out. And so what did they leave? What did they do? They left the relationship. Coaches a lot of times with their teams especially when they keep losing or when somebody keeps doing something improperly or wrong. They, they call that person out or they call the team out. Why? Because the coach got fed up and he said enough is enough. Because he wants to see them change and turn around and go a different direction. And sometimes, and, and I would be involved with this one, you know, we, we get fed up at ourselves, especially people who like to eat. And when they find that they're going a, a certain direction, when they get to the point of enough is enough, they say, I need to do something about it. And so they do. And when they come to that point, they finally say, all right, change is necessary because enough is enough. Well, 2020 has been one of those years, right? Most of us are saying, I wish it was over. Because enough is enough. Enough with all the stuff that we have to do. Enough with the shutdowns. Enough with the business losses. Enough with people dying. Enough with all these things that are taking place. Enough with the lost jobs that are out there. Enough with the racial tension that's been going on. Enough with the political environment. We are all tired, we're exhausted. But guess what? What has happened? It appears that a lot of people have laxed into a malaise of spiritual exile. What it appears to be is that people have gotten enough enough of everything that's out there, but it appears that some people have been lured into a place of exile, spiritual exile. And in going into spiritual exile, what tends to happen is that they tend not to do certain things that are necessary for their spiritual growth. And one of them is being around each other. One of them is being in church. One of them is being fellowshipping. One of them is actually being engaged with people. And when we look at the scripture, I'm able to see something here that, that lets us know what can happen. And if you recall, there's a, there's a story in Luke, and I'm going to read, just read a couple verses. But it says this. One of them came back to Jesus shouting, Glory to God, I'm healed. He fell flat on the ground in front of Jesus, face downward in the dust, thanking him for what he had done. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the nine? That story is about the 10 men who had gotten healed by Jesus of leprosy and only one came back to say thank you. What happened to the other nine? There's, There's a woman, her name is Catherine Keeler. She's an author and a devotional writer. And she wrote something about these nine lepers. And here's what she says. She first asked a question to us. Her question is, have you ever considered the fact that God is still doing miracles? And those miracles that he's doing, we always tend to come up with excuses why they're not a miracle. And she points out these nine lepers and gives suggestions as why each of the lepers didn't come back to thank Jesus. And here's what they were. One man waited to see if the cure was real. One waited to see if it would last. One said he would see Jesus later. One decided that he never really had leprosy. One said he would have gotten well anyway. One gave the glory to the priests. One said, oh well, Jesus didn't really do anything. One said any rabbi could have done it. And then the final one said, I was already much improved see what's funny about these things is that when you think about it they actually reveal a whole lot about our human nature so she was right with these suggestions so then we have another question that we have to ask the question is how do we change our mindset how do we change our mindset to practice gratitude in Christ? Well, well, let me point this out. Is there actually a difference between being grateful and being thankful? When we're grateful, we, we're usually, it involves somebody doing something for us. And we're grateful, why? Because of what they did. And when we express gratefulness, what do we say? We usually say thankful or we appreciate what you've done for us. Isn't that what we try to teach our kids, to be grateful? You know, we do something for them, and they just naturally think that we should do it because we're the parent. And a lot of them, they don't even think about saying thank you, and it doesn't matter how old they are. But then sometimes in our relationships, we kind of do that with one another, don't we? we? We just take each other for granted and figure that the spouse is supposed to do whatever we, we need them to do automatically. And we don't say thank you or show gratitude. Well, see, when we think about the word grateful, grateful is always centered around what somebody does. Being grateful that somebody has done something for you. But when we're thankful, it should come from a place that's inside of us that does not require anybody to do anything. It's a place of being pleased. It's a place of I'm okay. It's a place of, you know what? It's not because of what somebody does. It's because of who they are. So when we think about gratitude toward God, we should exhibit gratefulness. Why? Because God has done a lot of things for us. In fact, God is still doing a lot of things for us, even in the midst of what's going on. We're still eating. We're still living. We still have a house. We still have things going on in our lives. Many of us still have jobs and haven't lost a beat in terms of getting money. And even when we get up in the morning, that's still something to be grateful for. So the fact is, God hasn't stopped. But have we stopped? Have we considered the fact that in the midst of everything that's taking place in our lives, have we stopped being grateful to God and to people who have been doing things for us? And there's even a verse in Scripture, it says that we are to be grateful and give thanks. Notice the two words, be grateful, and then it says, give thanks. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Well, I want to point out three points, and we can find them in Scripture. And so the first point, under practicing gratitude in Christ and looking at our overall topic of enough is enough, there was a group of people called the Israelites who were in exile. And I already mentioned the fact that some of us have have been in spiritual exile ever since COVID started. See, what is exile? Exile, we know that we're being held captive. But, But the Israelites were being held captive by this nation called Babylon. And now they were being freed and they were going up in waves groups at a time. And and so when we look in Ezra, we see that uh, one wave had come out of exile. And the first thing they did when they came up out of Babylon, moving in toward Judah, what did they do? They wanted to establish the temple again. Whoa. Let's look at that scripture. Ezra chapter 3 beginning with verse 1 through verse 6. It says this, When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, the people assembled as one man in Jerusalem. Then Jeshua, son of Hosedek and his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel son of Jethiel, and his associates, began to build the altar of the God of Israel, to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear, did you catch that? Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening sacrifices, then in accordance with what is written, they celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed for each day. After that, they presented the regular burnt offerings, the new moon sacrifices, and the sacrifices for all the appointed sacred feasts of the Lord, as well as those brought as free will offerings to the Lord." On the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not yet been laid. What do we see taking place there? Well, the first thing I want to mention, the fact that, I, and I already kind of said this, the temple actually was utmost importance to the Israelites. Why? Because that represents the presence of God. It was the, the nation's lifeblood. It was their relationship with God that was important. And so before they even began to build the temple, they established an altar. Whoa. They established the altar before they even thought about building their own houses. Why? Because they were grateful to the Lord who had brought them through the exile. And the first thing that they did was notice what it says in the first verse. People assembled as one man. What does that mean? They came together as a corporate body. Do we absolutely understand how important that is? Now, here's what I'm not saying. I, I understand that there are people who, because of their conditions, they can not actually be here on a regular basis like we're here, some of us are here now. I completely understand that. But then there are those who can. The fact is, we kind of go to the marketplace And they try to practice social distancing, they lay everything out on the floor, but a lot of people don't even pay attention to what aisle they're supposed to go up and you're passing each other in the aisle and then the lines are long. My wife went to a store yesterday and she said it was completely crowded. And I guess, I bet you some of those people were believers. Now they can go to the store in order to get out and be there for hours and stand in a line But yet, they have a problem coming back to church and fellowship. Why? Because they went into spiritual exile. See, they give us the prescription here. We can find it in Ezra. We have to have the same mindset. We have to have a desire to want to be around God's people because we know that God's people encourages us. They they help us to move and to to stay focused in the Lord. And the fact is, even the Zoom calls, what Pastor mentioned earlier about coming on on Tuesday nights, how many of you have actually been on those calls? And you're sitting in your house. All you have to do is turn a computer on, or on your phone. And we can go on Facebook and we can be on Facebook and be scrolling and looking at stuff for hours, but yet we can't come on a Zoom call to see how everybody's doing, and we're part of a fellowship. See... Ezra said in establishing his church, and that's the first point, God is reestablishing his church. We need to understand, we need to come back together as a corporate body, even if you can't be here literally, but you can be here by being present online when we're on there. See, that's part of you tapping into the body, like Ezra is talking about, coming together. But, But then, guess what it says? It says that, they began to offer up sacrifices. They didn't just build an altar, but they did something with that altar, didn't they? And hold up. There's, so, there's another piece of information that we get from Ezra, despite their fear. Their fear of what? Their fear of all the people around them, who, those peoples around them who, who were kept them under exile. Hmm. Aren't we kind of being kept under exile? Well, when we're told to stay in our house and not come out, when we're told we can't go into certain stores, isn't that interesting? Some stores can stay open, but others can't. Don't you find that peculiar? Don't you find it peculiar that other stores were open during, during the height of the, 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 the pandemic? You could go shopping to get food. You could go to Home Depot to get stuff. You could go to to some other stores that were open, but you can't go into a restaurant. And you don't. You better not go to church. Mm. Think about it. So they offered sacrifices and, and they came. It was September and October. It was the main time in which they would celebrate the tabernacle, right? They, they celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles and, and it was three different weeks. They celebrated the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of the Day of Atonement and the Feast of Tabernacles. That's what they did and they offered up sacrifices. Well, point number two was this. Our devotion to God is expressed through prayer with thankful hearts. See, they came and they expressed themselves through the sacrifices and the celebration of the feast. Well, how do we come? We come through our devotion to God and we express ourselves with with prayer and thankful hearts as a corporate body as well as when we're home and we can't come out. Well, well, wait a minute. So what does, in Colossians 4-2, and that's the verse we, we have, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. That's what Paul tells us to do. And then Paul goes on and he lays out some things about prayer. And one of the things he says is to continue steadfastly in prayer. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean 24-7 we, we have our, ha- our heads bowed and we're praying? We would get tired of that, wouldn't we? There's no way we could do that. Hmm. But I wonder if people could actually do that with their cell phones. <laughs> I'm not picking on people with cell phones, y'all. But what the point I'm making is the time that we spend doing certain things. And then when it comes to God, we don't have much time. When it comes to fellowshipping with one another, whether it's on the phone or whether it's through Zoom, we don't have that. We don't take the time, but we take time to do what we want to do. But when it comes to God, it seems like we just sell him short. Lord, I don't have time. And yet he's the one who gives us time. All of the time that we have belongs to him because he has allowed us to have it. But yet when it comes to us giving that time back to him, we don't have time. Just think about that. So Paul lets us know that we, we should have a continual steadfast attitude toward prayer. And let me give you a couple things to do. Develop an attitude of prayer, right? Walk in the spirit of prayer. Take a middle break from our work and spend a moment in prayer. Pray always when our minds are not upon something to do. Arise early in prayer. I need that one. Arise early in prayer. Make it a daily activity to do that and to spend some worship time with God in prayer and make it a practice in the morning. And then in the evening, pray before going to bed. Spend an extended time in prayer before doing that. Make that an extended practice in terms of what we need to do to be, continue steadfastly in prayer. But then he says to watch, doesn't he? What does that mean? It means to learn to concentrate, to be disciplined, to discipline our minds and to control our thoughts. If you're like me, we can be praying and then our minds will go off somewhere else. <laughs> we we be praying and then all of a sudden I'm thinking about something. I, because why? I'm not completely focusing on praying. My mind goes to the football game, or it goes somewhere else here, what I need to do later, or it goes to, oh, I have something I have to do for the Bev, but I need to stay focused in prayer. And he tells us we are to watch. That's what that means. We are to be concentrating on what we're praying for. And then look at what he says. He says that we are to have an attitude of gratitude, basically, because the apostle Paul always (coughs) <coughs> excuse me, the Apostle Paul always seems to couple prayer and thanksgiving together. He does that throughout many of his writings. And why does he do that? Because it's necessary to be thankful while we're praying because what it does It develops a proper love and appreciation for Christ and all that he's done for us. It also serves to keep us ever before him and our dependence on him. See, when we're able to be thankful on a regular basis, it helps us to focus on the one who's providing for us. The one who's taking care of us. The one who's meeting our needs. See, when we don't do that, we easily get distracted. And we can get caught up. And we can actually allow ourselves to be lured into exile if we're not careful. And so let me throw some other things out there for you before I move to the next point. See, as believers, what are we grateful for? We're grateful for our salvation. We're grateful to be able to grow in Christ. We're grateful for fellowship with Christ in his church. We're grateful for the opportunity to serve. We're grateful because we know that, guaranteed, that God is guaranteed that when we pray, he's going to do something for us according to his purpose for our lives. See, all that we need to be grateful for. And what else? There's something else too. See, we have spiritual blessing, don't we, and privileges as believers. We have his presence to be thankful for. We have his provision to be thankful for. We have God's pardon to be thankful for. We have his promise to be thankful for, and we have his purpose in our lives to be thankful for. So there's a whole lot to be thankful and grateful for. But then let's go to our third point. Our third point is this. Our sacrifice, they were offering sacrifices in Ezra, right? They were offering sacrifice. But what is our sacrifice to God? What does the word tell us to do as believers, as as his church? We are to sacrifice. Our sacrifice is a holy life. Ooh, there's that word holy. Let's look at the scripture. Scripture. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 through 16. This is what it says. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that confess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Jesus Christ is now our altar. He becomes our altar. See, when we look at how the Israelites used to offer up daily sacrifices, notice they would offer a burnt sacrifice. The burnt sacrifice was a lamb of the first year, which is a type of Christ, and it was consumed by the fire. But then they used to offer meat offerings. The meat offering consisted of fine flour that was mingled with oil. And the purpose of that was for the worshiper. It was consumed by the worshiper or the worshiper's representative. But then let's look at the third one, the drink offering. The drink offering was wine and like the meat partaken by God, but also by the man who was offering it up. And that was a symbol of friendship between God and man. That's what they used to have to sacrifice. And then what was the purpose? It was They would do it continually, every day, every month, throughout every year. Offering up continual sacrifice for what? To keep a continual remembrance of sin because it was what was to come. It was representing what was to come. And what was it that was coming? Jesus Christ going to the cross for our sin. See, God has laid everything out. So we don't have to offer sacrifices like that anymore, do we? No. Paul lets us know what we are to do. And here's what we are to do. The first one, he says, we are to offer a continual sacrifice of praise. What is that? And then he says, through Christ. Now, I'm going to say something here that's going to sound crazy, but it's it's what he's saying. People that do not know Jesus Christ as Savior, they can offer up praise to God, but it doesn't mean anything. Because they're not offering that praise in Jesus Christ. See, well, what is that saying is? Well, what you're saying, Crawford? What I'm saying is you got to be a believer. you got to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior in order for God to receive our sacrifice of praise. See, you, you just can't come outside of him and offer praise from your lips and think he's going to accept it when right here Paul lets us know it has to be in Christ that we offer these sacrifices to him. That's what he's saying. And so as a corporate body, when we come here, we were singing some songs this morning, right? And so as believers, corporately, we're offering up sacrifices of praise that are coming from our lips. Now, now I know that there are people that are quiet. And I know there are people that, you know what, I'm worshiping God in my heart. I know that. I I know you. (coughs) It's okay. To be a quiet person. But according to what this scripture says, as believers, we should be offering up sacrifice of praise that actually come through our lips. And we should do that corporately as well as privately. So you might hear your next door neighbor shouting praises in their house to their praise music. Well, they're getting, they getting their party on. It's all right. <laughs> Some people do it in their car. They turn up 106.9 and they be jamming. And it's okay because they're getting their praise on. All right. But but God loves that. He wants the fruit of praise to come up in Jesus' name because that's how we bring glory to him and he tells us that's what our sacrifice should be. He desires sacrifice of praise. But then he also lets us know that he desires sacrifice of good works. We don't work to get saved. We work because we are saved. There's nothing that I can do that can earn God's favor. There's nothing, there's no good work that I can do for God to accept me. But when I have Jesus, when I receive him as my savior, now the work that I do is emanating out of Christ and that's for the right purpose. And so when I do the work now for Christ, it's in tandem with my praise and that brings glory to God. And that's what Paul is saying. We are to offer up sacrifice of praise to God and offer our good works up to him. See, isn't it easier to do that than to offer all those sacrifices like they did in the Old Testament? We got it good, don't we? And, and I don't think we value that. See, I would get tired every day to, okay, here's my, here's my turtle dove. Here, here you go. Can you offer that for my sin? Can you imagine doing that every single day? That's a job, isn't it? Some of us don't even want to go to work like that every day. (laughs) That's a job. And then the priests have to offer it up, and it's a bloody mess. Can you imagine if we were priests back in the Old Testament? I think I quit. (laughs) But the reality is, that's how God desires us to bring our sacrifices to him. Why don't we think about it? I'm going to share one more thing with you before I step down. In the Old Testament, there was a woman. We can find her in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Her name is Hannah. She went to the Lord and prayed and prayed and prayed and asked the Lord to give her a son. The reason being is that in the Old Testament, um, what would happen in, in, the, in the Jewish culture. If a woman didn't have a child, then they considered her to be cursed. She prayed and prayed. Even her husband didn't understand her. And he was a priest, I believe. Um, But her husband did not understand her. But she kept going to the Lord, travailing in prayer. Notice, and this is what she said. She said, Lord, if you give me a son, I will dedicate my son back to you. Now, think about what she said. Lord, if you do this, I'm going to do this. Now, what she did, God answered her prayer. She took care of her son up until the time of him being weaned. Then she took her son to the priest, Eli. And what did Eli do? He took in the son because she had promised the Lord that I want to give my son to you, Lord, if you allow me to have this child. After she had the child, she didn't go, oh, man. Lord, I got to take that back. You know, I, I, you know, you gave me the son, but I want to keep my son. I, my son needs to stay at home with me. You know, I want to take care of my son. You gave me this blessing, and, and now I got to bring it to you. No, that's not what she said. She said, Lord, if you give me your son, I'm going to dedicate it back to you. Sacrifice. See, her prayer was to have that son. And she was grateful and thankful that God had answered her prayer. And then she dedicated that child. She offered that child up to God as a sacrifice and said, God, you do whatever you need to do with my child. And when we look at Samuel, he became a judge. He was also a priest. He was also a prophet. And we see two books of the Scripture with his name on it. See, God has promised to take care of us. God has promised to give us everything we need, both corporately and personally. He wants us to offer sacrifices of praise to him. Let's be grateful and be grateful in Christ. As the worship team comes, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you We thank you for your word. We thank you that you are able to speak to our hearts. We thank you, Lord, that even in a time like this, you are still moving. And, Lord, you want us to come up out of our spiritual exile and to let the world know that you are here and that you are still alive on your throne and able to move mightily through our lives. Father, Let us not be fearful. Let us not be immobilized by fear. But, Lord, let us be willing to understand that if you tell us to do something, that you are behind us and that you will protect us. Lord, we thank you. And we ask all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Father God, thank you for your amazing power and work in our lives. Thank you for your goodness and for your blessings over us. Thank you that you are able to bring hope through even the toughest of times, strengthening us for for your purposes. Thank you for your great love and care. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you you that you are always with us and will never leave us. Thank you for your incredible sacrifice so that we might have freedom in life. Forgive us for when we don't thank you enough for who you are and for what you have done and for what you have given. Help us to set our eyes and our hearts on you afresh. Renew our spirits. Fill us with your peace and joy. We love you. We need you this day and every day. We give you praise and thanks for you alone are worthy. We cry thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Church, we've gathered together. We've sung our songs to the Lord. We've, we've listened. We've leaned into the teaching. We've said enough is enough for everything else that we've done. We're, 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 we're looking toward Christ now with hearts that are filled with thanksgiving. I want to invite you next week as Pastor Charlie shares part two of this three-part series. As we continue to think more about what it is to say enough is enough to everything else, my attention and my heart and my thanksgiving is going towards Christ. If you're with us here in person, we want to encourage you to to leave an offering to the Lord in our offering box here. Or if you're online, you can go ahead and follow one of the links to, to, to to place your offering there. But we do encourage you during this season to continue to worship God through your giving as well. We're so thankful to be together. God bless you for being with us here today. May may the Lord use you this week and all that he has ahead. Be safe and know that the church is here and ready in any way we can serve you. May the peace of Christ be with you now and forevermore. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, Visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10:30 a.m.